Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart and Garrett Ias are with you on a very special recording day, as Garrett pointed out to me moments before we started, which somehow I overmissed. Today, we're recording on November 13th. It is November 13th. It is. It is the day that Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. We don't know what year that would be referring to, but I presume since that was in the opening credits of the season, the series premiere in, in fall of 1970. Uh, we assume that uh, that aired in September 1970, so the November would prefer probably to at least a year or two before. Maybe 1968, which is the year of the movie, you know? Well, that would make it 52 years. If it was 1970, it would be a nice 50th anniversary. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's a very nice uh, coincidence that we can record on such an auspicious date. Indeed. So today we're going to talk about season two, episode 20, Good Bad Boy. And we will let Garrett give us an overview of the writers. Good Bad Boy, season two, episode 20, as you said. Air date, February 11th, 1972. And the writing credit goes to a team that we have seen before this season. Dick Bensfield and Perry Grant. Um who uh, we last saw, I believe, in Murray the Fink and Felix the Calypso Singer. Uh, So they were very active in uh, especially seasons one and two, but very frequent writing team throughout the season. So we discussed them back at Murray the Fink. So we will uh, talk about the opening shot, which is an unusual one. It's a far shot of Felix coming into the living room from like the vantage point of the kitchen or the hallway, it's just not a shot we see a lot. And he's coming into the room with a teenage boy. You know, let's not get, let's not go down uh, any weird rabbit holes with that sentence, but that's what he's doing. And as soon as he walks in, he yells for Oscar, but he does not get a response. Then he says, Oscar, it's me, Felix, I'm home. Oscar finally responds, still living here, huh? Felix to the boy, turns to the boy and says he's kidding. Oscar says he's in the bedroom, and as Felix starts to walk that way with this person, he says to the boy, I better not take you in there. The boy asks why, and Felix says, you heard of pollution? He says, yeah, and Felix says it started in there. So Felix tells the boy to make himself at home, and that's where we're going to dive into a clip early on right away here. Make yourself at home. Sit down. Sit down anywhere you want. There's a good chair. Sit there. You'll like it there. No, sit here on the sofa. This is better. It's more comfortable. Just make yourself at home. Have a piece of fruit. Be sure you take take a napkin with it, and then whatever you want. Then eat the fruit, and then sit down over here. Use the napkin. Make yourself completely at home. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. Oscar? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Ah, putting in your trousers, huh? Yeah, I got to cover the basketball game at the garden. Ah, you changed your shirt. No, same one I wore yesterday. No, I mean the one on the lamp. <laughs> Looks nice, gives the room a nice soft pink glow. I like it. Very funny. What's on your mind? I'm in a hurry. Oh, you have to go cover the basketball game, yeah. huh? Yeah. The Hawks? No, the Knicks. The Knicks and the Hawks. Knicks and the Bucks. The Bucks and the Hawks. The Knicks and the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. trying to act concerned. What is it? You want to con me out of something? What is it? <laughs> My eyes give me away, don't they? I'd like to give you away. <laughs> Ha, 
And there, there is something I want to talk to you That's about. what I figured. What is it? Well, you know, I've been doing this... this picture story over the East Side School for Boys. The reform school. No, it's not nice. Reform school, they call it correctional institution. You yeah. found a pair, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what do they call the little inmates now, Muppets? Oh, no, come on. They're nice boys. They're just boys who need a break. Okay, I'll send them a hacksaw. I'm well, in a hurry. There's this one boy, Mike Callahan. He really is a deserving kid. He's a nice kid. He's got off to the wrong start in life. He has a negative, negative attitude, you know? Mm -hmm. He needs a... I can't watch this, Justin. Are you finished? Yeah, I'm finished. He needs an adult on the outside to take an interest in him, someone he can relate to, you know what I mean? Right, so, I... so Felix Goodshoes volunteered for the job. I think it's very good and very commendable. Not exactly. Um, I volunteered you. What? So the sight gag there that people were laughing at, which I don't think was a great one, was Felix Oscar was looking for shoes to match because he's got all these random shoes in his in his room, and then he starts cleaning them with a blanket, which, by the way, I could see myself doing that, right? I didn't think that was that outrageous. Did you? Uh, depends on what's on the shoes, I guess. Like a little dust be all right, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, now, Oscar's room is especially messy here. I mean, the right side of the room facing, you know, facing from the camera angle, facing the, the bureau where his mirror is was like littered with newspapers. I don't think <laughs> usually there's not that many newspapers just like thrown on the floor there. Um, I love the way that, so the, the reason we played this clip or the reason I chose this clip was because I started to write up to try to explain Felix making Mike feel at home. But I realized I couldn't do the justice. The way Tony Randall <laughs> tries to like make him feel comfortable yet tries to instruct every single move he makes. You have to hear Tony Randall do that. You can't, you can't try to quote that. Um, for some reason, that whole Knicks and the Bucks and the Hawks thing, I think because I'm not a sports fan, I've always loved. Yes. I, it's so funny. I remember that, just that, line without I, uh, without even knowing what ep I didn't remember that was this episode it's just the Hawks and the Bucks Knicks and Hawks yeah. and the Bucks uh, is, is just uh, always stood out it's, I'm, I'm sure it's a favorite of many and I love the way Oscar knows that Felix trying to be super into Oscar stuff yeah. is a way of Felix trying to well get this is again we, we, yeah I love when, when Felix tries to flatter Oscar to get him to do something and I always think of this as like the you're a funny, funny man. Right. Routine. Yeah. yeah. Remember from the David, St uh, David Steinberg, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's always, he, as he says, his, not his eyes give him away, but he's just a very bad liar. <laughs> so that scene ends and we go to credits. And after the credits, uh, Oscar says to Felix, are you out of your mind signing up to be a warden for delinquent? Felix says Mike is out in the living room and he will hear him. Oscar says, you mean he escaped? Felix says that he is in his custody for the afternoon. Felix says he told him Oscar would spend a few hours with him. Oscar says he can't. He has to cover the basketball game. Felix says that's wonderful. Take Mike with him. Oscar says he's in the press box, which implies that he can't take him with him because he's in the press box. Uh, Felix says the press box is great. Oscar says you need special permission. You have to arrange in advance. Felix says the kid loves sports. He lives and breathes it, and he is a great athlete. He can run 100 yards in 10-second flat. Oscar asks, carrying a television set? I remember that line, too. Felix says, meet the boy, you'll see. Oscar agrees, and then Felix introduces Oscar to, and he gives the full name, I guess, to make it formal, Michael Ro Robert Callahan, Jr. So 
Mike is played by James Van Patten of the famous Van Patten acting family. Dick Van Patten from Eight is Enough is his father. This actually was his first role. And according to IMDb, IMDb, the whole family moved to LA and like Mike got this job right away, which kind of like made the huh. family start to go on their path to acting. Among the other shows that he did were Bonanza, Gunsmoke, Emergency, Shazam, Happy Days and Chips. And more recently, he was Dr. Hefner in three Saw movies. That is insane. Like, is that, I don't, I never saw those movies, but does that mean he's like a crazy psychopath? No, I've seen those movies. I think he's one of the people helping the police out to Uh, investigate. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it seems like he would have grown into a, uh, a gentle, he has a gentle quality that I'm sure would have been out of place in a horror movie like that. Oscar says he can't, so they talk, you know, or Felix introduces him and Oscar says he can't stay. He has to go cover a basketball game. Mike knows it's the Knicks and the Bucks. Felix is excited that he, Felix is excited that Mike knows this. He says, ah, you see the Knicks and the Bucks and the Hawks. Oscar says just the Knicks and the Bucks. Oscar starts to leave and says, nice to have met you. Mike says he is a quarter in the Knicks. They can't lose. Felix says the kid gambles in a way to show how much they have in common. Oscar says you bet against Alcindor, he's worth 40 points a game. Now, I'm not a sports fan, but I know that this reference dates the show because Alcindor is Lou Alcindor, who was on the Milwaukee Bucks from 1969 to 1975. But on May 1st, 1971, which is before this episode was aired, and I'm guessing before it was filmed, he changed his name famously to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Whoa! And then then went on to play for the Lakers. That's mind-blowing. They're you talking know. about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know that. You're kidding, No, right? oh. I'm not a basketball fan. So. Oh, neither am I. But I know that Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. But what I'm surprised at, and I, I don't know, the, I don't know the, the, the way the vibe was going back in 71, 72, I was surprised that they're not calling him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in this episode because I'm guessing this filmed in July, August, September of 71. And I think it was a big deal when he changed his name on May 1st. So uh, maybe someone knows the, why they well, still refer to him. Yeah, as maybe they stuck. I guess, you know, I'm sure there are still people. Who, the name hadn't taken yet or hadn't caught on yet. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's the most logical answer. I'm sure people still called Muhammad Ali Cash's clay for yes. a year or two. Uh, Mike says, yeah, but Earl the Pearl and Frazier will double team him. They'll tie him up and the Knicks have the full court press. Now, this is Earl the Pearl Monroe, who played for the Knicks from 71 to 80, and Walt Frazier, who played from 70 to 77. And I did look up that the Knicks did play the Bucks six times in 1972. Knicks won four of those six games. You know, it is, it is kind of cool that they were there this specific. Like, it's, they made – this is very current. This is real sports talk yes. from 1971. Yeah, and they're I, not I'm made not up used teams. to seeing that on TV. Right, like and really discussing. Maybe Seinfeld, Seinfeld famously used the names of the real Yankees and all that, but but never went into this kind of detail. And many TV shows make up fake teams, so right, they don't have right. to deal with it. Oscar right. says he wrote an, or, an article about that this morning. Mike says he knows he read it. Oscar says, no kidding? Mike says he reads Oscar's column every morning. Felix says, with the reading of the column, the nicks and the bucks, the gambling, with a dirty shirt, he could be you. Mm-hmm. And Oscar actually laughs at this. Felix says to Oscar, well, I guess you better push off. Oscar says, yeah, I guess so. 
Oscar asks, what are you guys going to be doing? And Felix says, don't worry about us. We'll have a ball. We'll make some cocoa, play some records. Do you like Brahms? He says to Mike. <laughs> Oscar says, that sounds like a barrel of fun. Listen, why don't you let Mike come with me? There probably aren't any seats, but maybe I'll find one. Felix lets Mike's decide, and of course, Mike wants to go. So on the way out, Felix says to Oscar, this is a very, very fine thing you're doing. You're really doing something nice for the boy, and he'll remember, and someday he'll come back, and then Oscar interrupts and says, and rob me. <laughs> so now we have a new scene. It's a street shot of Fifth Avenue and 49th Street, which you can tell because we see the famous KLM Airlines office building, which actually, there was a lot of fanfare when that office opened. It opened in 1959. And if you go on YouTube, you can actually find a video of Audrey Hepburn opening that office. That's so weird. Why would anyone care about KLM opening an office? I think at the time, it was, it was the architecture of the building. Oh, it, okay. it was part of the fact that, you know, flying to Europe in 59 was yeah, not a, was, was a novelty. Well, I see. International airline. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it was, had such prime real estate on the corner of 49th and 5th across from Saks and the Rockefeller Center. This is Rockefeller Center we're talking about, yes, right? So, yeah. Ted, do, why do you think they're showing a random shot, establishing shot of Rockefeller Center yes. for a basketball game? Well, that's what my note is, that that's supposed <laughs> to somehow show that, there's a, that Oscar and Mike are at a basketball <laughs> game in, in, at I, what I guess is Madison Square Garden, which is like, 25 blocks away yeah so, and the knicks were playing at the garden yeah on 30 you know in in penn station by 1971 so i i don't it's a it's this is a weird shot to show us that two people from the show were in a different location than 86 and mm. park okay. uh, it is a it is a it is a weird random shot uh but the next scene we're back in the living room and Oscar said, and Oscar and Mike are dribbling a basketball in the living room Oscar asked Mike if he saw how Frazier was faking Mike says he could see everything from the press box. Felix is there, and he's very impressed that Mike was in the press box. Felix then, Oscar then asks Felix to get into position, which we don't know what that means yet because Felix is just standing in the living room. Felix keeps asking them to be careful as they dribble the basketball. Oscar continues to ask Felix to get into position and says, do you want to play or don't you want to play? Get into position. So Felix reacts as if he doesn't want to, but then reluctantly stands on a chair with a newspaper on it and puts his arms outstretched in front of him in a big circle so he's a human basket. And the audience goes wild for this mm -hmm. scenario. Uh, Oscar and Mike start to shoot baskets, like throwing it so it goes into Felix, the circle that Felix has made. Felix says, I don't like it when you hit me in the face. I'm not a backstop, you know. Oscar asks Mike if they had a good time at school, if they have a good team at school. Mike says, not really. Every time we get a tall guy, he, gets over, he goes over the wall. And you can hear that this line was dubbed over. That was not a line. At least it was not picked up for your They made so much effort to dub in a joke that I, I'm not sure I even get. Like, well, he's tall. Like, so if, if someone's tall enough to be a good basketball player, they could climb over the wall. Yeah, I guess they can step over because they have you know, large legs. You know, they can reach up and grab the wall and jump. It seems like they could have a taller wall at this place. I agree. I, it I think, being a correctional institution. Yeah, I don't. But as we see, there Felix is no wall. This is this is just a building in the city. There's no wall. It's a joke. It's just a throwaway okay. joke. It's Mike's way of making Oscar laugh. So now the doorbell rings, and Oscar says to Felix, "Basket, answer the door." Mm -hmm. At the door is the chaplain of Mike's school, Chaplain Muldoon. So I'm going to give you a little. I'm going to give a little overview of him, and I think um, Garrett has some more stuff to talk about this actor, who's Johnny Silver. 
Johnny Silver has an extensive list of credits from the 50s to the 90s, mostly small roles. For example, here are some of his roles that he played on TV. He played Jerry the Bartender and Alfred Hitchcock. He played Gangster and Hood on two different episodes of The Untouchables. On Diff Van Dyke, he was in three episodes as Waiter, Photographer, and Counterman. This is his third or fifth Odd Couple episodes, but the first we have seen him because he was bum, quote-unquote, in two season one episodes, <laughs> Felix is Missing, and What Does a Naked Lady Say to You? And he later plays coach in the episode where Felix falls in love with the football player, his wife, played by Alex, Alex Karras, plays the football player, and he's the man at OTB in the horse racing episode. His last TV appearance was on Seinfeld, where in the understudy with Bette Midler, where he plays vendor number one, which is the first Italian ice vendor that Kramer finds when he's trying to get Bette Midler a pineapple Italian ice. And I went to go look at that episode. And yes, it's the, I mean, he's old, <laughs> but it's the guy. Now wow. you have stuff to talk about? Well, that's interesting that he, right, that the Seinfeld got such a, a notable actor for that tiny cameo. But yes, he's notable for even more things, Ted, because uh, you're you've recounted his TV credits, but did you know he was in the original cast of Guys and Dolls on Broadway and in the Guys and Dolls movie of 1955? I did not. That, I would say that is probably his, his most lasting credit because he's on the original cast album. He played the, the supporting character of Benny South Street, who's one of the three guys who sings the famous opening number in Guys and Dolls. Um, and movie Mel Brooks fans might recognize him from History of the World Part One and Spaceballs, small uh, pop-up cameo roles in those. He's he kind of he really just had this. Uh, he's great casting in this, and I love him in this episode. Uh, partly because uh, we have a Jewish actor playing a Catholic priest, uh, Johnny Silver, was born Chaplin. Sorry, was born John Silverman. Uh, in the uh, in the Chicago area, and he, but he just cultivated this r- routine uh, uh, typecasting as like the man in the street, like the urban twenties uh, thirties era guy in the street, whether it's a bum like in the season one Odd Couple or a gangster in Guys and Dolls, and he's always just got that really authentic quality, even an Italian ice man in Seinfeld. So. He's uh, just a, a lovable presence. And, uh, but why couldn't he just... get better TV roles then? Well, I don't know. He seems like he was like a go-to for any kind of one-off. That you needed a bartender or a friendly, you know, uh, 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 guy at the bar. <laughs> Someone you'd find in a kind of rundown urban setting. Or a bum. Or apparently. a bum. Yeah. And so he seems to have been popular as like for one-off casting for those kinds of roles. He's kind of a recognizable face uh, and voice and accent. But uh, yeah, it is, it's a shame that he, he didn't get more spotlight, but uh, he is immortalized in the Guys and Dolls movie. So Felix says that he didn't realize how late it was when the chaplain shows up. Felix introduces Oscar to the chaplain. The chaplain says that he reads Oscar's column often. The chaplain asks if Mike had a good time, and he says he did. Chaplain says they better be going. Felix says, don't forget the autographed picture of the Knicks in my room. Oscar asks if he has to leave so soon. The chaplain says he has to get the boy back for supper. It's six o'clock. And this is an important point to keep in mind for something that happens later. It's six o'clock, he says. Oscar asks Mike how the food is at the school. He says it's great, but he clearly does not think it's great the way he says that. Uh, 
then the chaplain says, I'm the chaplain, I cannot lie. The food is meh. And he gives the shaky the hand, you know, you shake your hand to say something so-so. Uh, Oscar says he's a great idea. Why doesn't he let him and Felix take him out for dinner and then take him to school afterwards? Chaplin says, that's a great idea. Can he come along? Oscar says he would love to have him, love to have him but the chaplain says he's only joking, but Mike would love it. I always found it weird that, like, the chaplain expected Oscar to know he was kidding. And I actually thought the chaplain should go along. That always seemed like they would enjoy it. They would have a good yeah. time. Yeah. Well, he's he's got a good sense of humor. But, you know, he does have other responsibilities. I guess so. I guess that's true. Back chaplain. at the correctional institution. By the way, isn't it funny that when Felix corrects Oscar, say, that, don't say reform school. That's, that's very uh, demeaning. And instead we say correctional institution, which today doesn't sound much better. Chaplin says to have Mike home before 10, that's lights out. Oscar says, are you sure you won't come? He says, no, thanks, but can you bring me back a doggy back? Oscar says, you got it. Oscar says to Felix, they will take him to that steakhouse. Felix says he can't go. He promised Edna he would take her shopping for new clothes this afternoon. But the chaplain already says at six o'clock. So how can Felix take Edna out shopping this afternoon? It's not afternoon anymore. It's over. So either he's taking Edna late for shopping or the chaplain was wrong and it's not six o'clock. I was a little confused by the overlap in time here, right? It's not clear what time it is when they get back. Yeah. Well, no, it's not clear what time it is now. Yeah, when they get back from the game. The game it has right. to be six. I believe it's six o'clock. So I don't know. I don't know why Felix says, I, I can't go. I, I promised and I'd take her shopping this afternoon for new clothes this, after, this afternoon. Because it sounds like you already missed that. Anyway, Felix takes the basketball from Oscar and says he wants to shoot. Oscar says he doesn't have time. Felix says he was a basket for Oscar. Why can't he be a basket? Why can't Oscar be a basket for Felix? Oscar gets on the chair and Felix starts dribbling and starts to get fancy, dribbling under his legs and counts one, two, three. Oscar says, not one, two, three, O'Leary, which is a reference to a song by Des <laughs> O'Connor, who was a major British TV personality since the 1960s. He's still alive. I just don't think he's working too much. And he had many, many hit songs, including this song called One, Two, Three, O'Leary, which is again- That's one pretty of these, obscure. It is. It's one of these obscure song <laughs> references that they, I think it's like the fourth one that they do now in the show yeah. that are not like Elvis, you know, or big hits, <laughs> Elvis style hits. These are kind of like, not, these are songs that at the time were popular, but I don't think became transcended that people would know today. Yes. Felix keeps dribbling and Oscar says, I feel like a pregnant woman while he's holding his hands out. Um, and Felix keeps dribbling again, and Oscar says, what are you doing? Felix says, they are double-teaming me. He starts panting and then says, oh, Oscar says, what happened? Felix smiles and says, I was fouled. Felix says he has a free throw. Felix sets up for the free throw, but just keeps bouncing and setting up, a dribbling and setting up. Then he notices something on the carpet. Oscar says it's because he's dribbling so much. Felix says he notices free throws, they do one of three things. They do it underhand, they do it off the chest, or one-handed. Felix says, what should I do? Oscar puts his hands down and says, shoot! Felix does, and it hits Oscar right in the chest. And Oscar has a stunned look on his face, and then they go to a new scene. Very uh, reminiscent of the football yes. practice they had, right? Yes. In the living room, which shows, like, this is probably another one of these ad-lib things where Tony Randall loves to 
play around with being a, a, a really weird kind of athlete and even ends the same way with Felix hurting Oscar in the stomach with the ball. Yep. And that looks kind of real. I mean, it's not CGI. He actually threw the and ball Tony Mandel proves that he can shoot a basket. Yeah. He's not incompetent in this one. So Felix is looking at Edna. So now we're at the new scene. Felix is looking at Edna, who's now in the living room, who's wearing an oversized shirt. And Edna, we have Edna again, played by... Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, sorry. So Edna's wearing an oversized shirt that looks like an Air Force uniform. And Edna, once again, is played by Pamela Lynn Ferndon, who we just saw a few weeks ago in the birthday clown episode. Uh, and then uh, we get to this clip. Daddy, they fit perfectly. You gonna wear that to school? If I don't, I'll look freaky. <laughs> What's the matter? Nothing. I just, I just can't get used to the idea of my little angel looking like one of the dirty dozen. Okay. Maybe have a lot of pie too. You're a grown man, Mike. Mike, this is my daughter Edna. You don't have to salute. Hi, Mike. How was dinner? Oh, it was terrific. Uncle Oscar took me to a joint where they got terrific chili dogs and garlic pizza. Oh, my, them eats. Everything a growing boy needs to get bad breath. Oh, Mike, my dad just bought me some new records. Want to hear them? Sure, I guess so. It's okay. Oh, you kids, wait a second. I want you to hear something. I've got a new record of Mahler's Kinder Toy. Oh, it's Felix. a little bit more, but I think you kids Felix. might enjoy it. Could I see it for a second, please? What? Very important. I want to talk to you. What? Come here, I'll tell you. What is it with the kinder total and the kids want to hear rock? What do they want to hear junk like that? For? What do you mean junk? They love it. Nah, them a... uh, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike called you Uncle Oscar, didn't he? Oh, that doesn't mean anything. He called a cab driver Uncle Cab Driver. <laughs> no, no. It means that he likes you and you like him. You've got a heart after all. I got a heart and I like him. Well, he seems like a nice kid and he seems odd. He's the first kid I've ever been able to get along with. You think it's because he's a thief? <laughs> because he needs you. Gee, lucky Lindy made it. Oh. <laughs> You've got a real feeling for the underdog. No kidding, huh? Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I don't know. I don't really want to get too chummy because he does have a record and maybe I'm doing... What are you saying? You ought to be ashamed of yourself, honestly. Why? A man who's had the breaks, the opportunities that you've had in life to deny those. All that kid needs is trust, someone to believe in him. When I look at that kid, I say, there but for the grace of God go I. Daddy, guess what? I told you never to come in here till you're 21. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. But anyway, Mike is having a dance at his school, and he wants me to be his date. You see? That's what I mean by the power of rehabilitation. I never saw that kid before this afternoon. I trusted him. I brought him to my home. I introduced him to my daughter. And he invited her to a dance. And if that little crook thinks he's taking my daughter... That's a great uh, turnabout. We've seen that from Felix before, where he's in one mood, something happens, and he just... Right, and totally it. hypocritical. Like he's, yes. pre he's preaching one thing, and then when it's his turn to uh, believe in that, he turns totally the opposite. So the Lucky Lindy reference is because he, when they go into Oscar's room, he picks up an old newspaper from Oscar's bed. And of course, is pretending it's from 1929. I've done that joke myself. I remember working, I worked at the <laughs> Washington Post one summer. And there was a weird guy who worked in like the tech 
area and he had a stack of newspapers around him and I had to go see him. This was like 2000 and I picked up a newspaper and said something like, oh, Wilkie wasn't elected or <laughs> Dewey defeats Truman. I did a joke like that because of this episode. By the way, Felix says to Edna, you're not supposed to come uh -huh. in the room, but in that whole birthday clown episode, birthday right. party class, Edna was in the room, so. But let us recall, I believe Felix was out in that episode when Edna went into Oscar's room. I No, but I think Oscar called for Felix to get Edna out because Edna, or the- Oh, later on the, during yeah, the party. With, with the, yeah, right, yeah, not, right. yeah, in the party, not in the, not in the first scene. So right. this rule that she's not supposed to go in there until she's 21, perhaps that's a new rule. I guess so, but it, I, I mean, the audience is supposed to believe that she's never in there, but we just saw her in there. <laughs> right. So yeah. So now we have a new scene. Hey, before you go yeah. on, I do one more obscure reference that is kill for me that I love, and it's probably a Tony Randall special. Uh, when uh, they Edna says, let's listen to some music, and not only is Felix uh, uh, trying to get them to listen to classical music, but he says, I just got a new recording of the Kindertoten Leader, which is a song cycle by Gustav Mahler about the songs of dead children. Oh, really? So <laughs> I, I got, I'm sure this is a Tony Randall thing where he picked the most inappropriate. Uh, and depressing. <laughs> and he says, oh, it's a bit morbid. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, good for Oscar then. So now we have a new scene, and Felix is on the phone wearing rubber cleaning gloves, and is behind him looking sad. He, Felix says on the phone, to the phone, oh, sure, Gloria, that's perfectly okay. Stay another night. She's having a ball. And Edna gives a I'm not having a ball look to Felix. Felix put Edna on the phone to say goodnight. She says goodnight, Mom, in a sad way. And when Gloria, I guess, asks Felix why does she sound so sad, he says, you hear that? Trying to convince Gloria that, she, that, that Edna actually sounds good. And he says she's just tired from all the fun she's having. Don't worry about a thing. Before he hangs up, he says to Gloria, stay away from fried foods. <laughs> Edna wants to go to bed now because she's sad. Felix says, don't be blue. He knows she's uh, unhappy because he won't let her go to the dance, but says that growing up is painful sometimes. Pain is, but pain is nature's way of making us mature. Edna kisses Felix on the cheek goodnight and does the same to Oscar, who's in the room as well. Oscar sits down on the couch and when Felix sits near him, Oscar moves to the other, other end of the couch because he's mad at Felix because Felix won't let Edna go to the dance. Felix moves closer again, and now Oscar moves to the chair. So here we're going to play a long clip. It's four minutes and 20 seconds, and it covers two scenes, but it, it covers a lot of ground, and you really have to hear it. It's not, it doesn't do us justice for us to, to recite it. Oscar, I'm trying to communicate with you. I don't communicate with hypocrites. Who's a hypocrite? You're a hypocrite, you're a hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite. All that eyewash about giving Mike a hand. I'm not letting my little princess go to some wild party at a reform school. Correctional institution, hypocrite. Oh, that's just a fancy expression and you know it. She's not ready for that wild crowd yet. Oh, they'll meet in 10 years when she becomes a policewoman. Oh. <laughs> this is her first date. I want it to be something special. Felix, this is something special. You know what I mean. I want the fellow to be clean-cut and cultured. A little bit shy, perhaps, but with a twinkle in his eye. Youthful, but with an aristocratic air. There's a law against dating your own daughter. 
She's just a baby. She's innocent. These kids are wild. Hey, Liz, she is no dummy. She knows the score. Doesn't she know the score? You mean that filth about the birds and the bees? <laughs> she doesn't know the score. She doesn't even know there's a game on, does she? <laughs> only 12 years old. It's in Africa. They have tribes that have 12-year-old grandmothers. Bite your tongue. Look, would you feel better if she knew the facts of life? Well, I, I, All right, get Gloria to tell her. No. Why not? Gloria told you. <laughs> Gloria's out of town. All right. Then you tell her. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. I'll tell her. No. You no. let her go and I'll tell her. Well, That's I, the way no, wait, wait. <laughs> What are you going to tell her? Well, did you see Lolita? Oh, 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 I'm kidding. Oh, I'm only kidding. I tell you what, I want her to understand. So tell her the truth. But don't make it so graphic that it'll shock her. I want you to be blunt, the whole thing, but subtle. I want her to be confused. I don't get it. Okay. Let's forget about Mr. Bunny and Mrs. Bunny and what happened to the rest. A girl is like a baseball diamond. Yes. And the bad man at bat is going to try to score a run. <laughs> and we can't let that happen. Yeah, see, if the guy gets to first base, we mustn't let that happen. No. So you've got to strike him out so he never gets to first base. Yes. Yeah, see, if he gets to first base, he'll try to steal second. Oh. <laughs> so, that's when you call the umpire. And you know who that is? I don't know. I'm the umpire. And I walk up to that slugger and say, you're out. Get off the field. You understand? Yeah. It's a lot like sex. Said the word. The word. Sex. Yeah. And if a baseball player tries to take her out, he's gonna have a terrible time. How did she know her? How did she find out? What are you talking about? She's no dummy. She's a sensible girl. Felix, you forgot to tell her she can go to the Nets. No, no. What did you know? Absolutely. How could you say that? You promised. My little baby knows about sex. Felix, the whole world knows about sex. Very, very dangerous situation. Oh, Felix, you gotta let her go. To I guarantee you nothing's nope. going to happen. You to her. How can you do that? Well, I, I'll personally, personally, I will chaperone the dance. How about that? Well, I, I, I. Oh, I, come I, on. Look, I'm your best friend. Would I let anything happen to Edna? I. Would I? No. Of course not. Look, I'm gonna guarantee you that nothing can happen. Here it is. I'm gonna prove it right now. What's this? Anything is my marker. Your marker? Marker. If anything happens to Edna, I owe you one daughter. <laughs> this is meaningless. Why? You didn't sign it. That's so much. There's a lot there. It's such a great yeah. scene. I just, yeah. that scene where she says a lot like sex, I just remember that so well. Although I don't think I necessarily could have picked it, like said it was from this episode. Uh, Gloria told you is a funny line. Uh, the way she, <laughs> well, but totally ridiculous. Right? Yes, yes. I mean, the way Felix says, <laughs> "Oh, the way Felix says, oh, at the reference of second base is very funny." Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, he tries to steal second, right? It makes it sound 
Um, so I never noticed this until I was um, reading the captioning here that Oscar uses the word eyewash in a way that means like malarkey. And I never heard the word eyewash used in this term. And apparently I looked it up. It is an informal, an informal definition of that word is insincere talk slash nonsense. And what's weird is yesterday while reading a book, that word came up at wow. used in that context. So I never, you, you, what What did you say? Faint? Faint. <laughs> it was fate that oh, you it was fate. read oh, a fate. book. I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, now, Lolita is a reference to, obviously there's the, the novel, but this is the reference, I think, to the 1962 Stanley Kubrick film about with James Mason as a man who falls in love with an underage girl. And it was very controversial at the time, although Stanley Kubrick later said if he knew how much he would be forced to edit the movie, he never would have made it. But I guess at the uh, time, it, it was considered very scandalous. Yeah, it's a very provocative reference for Oscar to make, which Felix is scandalized by. Uh, but it also is, it ties in with my, my favorite line is Felix is describing the, the polite gentleman with an, a poetic air about him. And Oscar saying, you a law against dating your own daughter. Now we have a new scene where we're in the POV of the back of a taxi cab. And, and that to show Oscar and Edna and Felix going to the party. And we pull up or we see the outside of a gothic, a gothic type looking building. And now we cut to inside where we see kids dancing in a very 70s style dance. And a sign that says, and again, I'd never noticed this before, welcome to East Side School first annual dance with girls. But it says East Side's up the up, it's apostrophe S, East Side apostrophe S school first annual dance with girls. Shouldn't it say East Side School's apostrophe S? The, the apostrophe S shouldn't be after East Side. The name of the school uh, is East Side School. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm taking away. So it's not East Side School for Sanual Dance. It's mm -hmm. East Side School. Is there style. perhaps a joke here that it's written by somewhat educationally challenged reform school kids? Well, that would be a very clever joke that I did not consider as an answer to this. So or just a really uh, undereducated props department. That's what I was thinking. I think the prop <laughs> department at Paramount made a mistake. Wow. Your answer would be a more a more reassuring answer and a f of course a funnier answer that it was uh, done on purpose. I'm not so sure of that. So Oscar is there and he Mike is there. Oscar asks Mike, how's it going? I guess because Mike's been there longer than Oscar. He says, okay, I guess, but he wonders why it's taking so long for Edna to get there. Oscar says, you'd be late too if your father made you wear a bulletproof vest. Don't worry, she'll be here any minute. Uh, at this time, another boy comes up to Oscar with some cookies and says, Psst, buddy, Louie gets a chair at midnight. You've got any messages for him? Oscar says, tell him not to sit down. And if these cookies ain't any good, I'm going to have my ghouls work you over. You got it? And the kid says, got it, Mr. M. Showing, I guess, that somehow they've already met or they know who this kid knows who Mr. Madison is. Did you look up who this kid is? Yes. So this is Eddie. He's played by Jean-Michael Michonneau. He did a decent amount of movie and episodic TV work in the 60s and 70s, mostly billed as Gerald Michonneau. And this was one of his last acting roles. He now, he, more recently, he's actually become a reality TV show producer working on such shows as Secret Millionaire, Joe Millionaire, and Temptation Island. Weird. 
I love this kid. It's so sad that he he's, he left acting because I've he's the character I remembered most from this episode. He's yes, hilarious. He's very funny. So when Eddie walks away, Oscar says to Mike, your friend's got a great sense of humor. What's he in for? Mike says nothing. He's the warden's son. <laughs> so Felix now walks in in a tuxedo with Edna. Mike waves. In a her. tuxedo. In his yes. crazy ruffled tuxedo. Yes. It's a really ridiculous, hilarious look for a reform school dance. He's like dressed for the opera. Mike waves to uh, Edna across the room and Edna waves back. And Felix says, a lady does not wave. It's flashy. When flashiness comes <laughs> in the door, femininity Femininity goes out the window. Oscar and Mike come over, and Oscar says, hi, everybody. Mike offers to introduce Edna to some of the guys and maybe have a dance. Felix says Edna promised her the first dance. Oscar says only if it's a minuet. <laughs> he encourages Mike and Edna to go dance. I looked up what a minuet was, and I, I get it. Yes, I could tell you. I, but I, I don't, tell you. But I don't get the joke. Why is that? Minuet would, is a, was a popular dance in the 18th century. So he's saying, unless that's the dance they're going to do, Felix. In other words, that's the only dance that is appropriate for Felix to do because he's like someone out of the 18th century. Oh, I get it. Okay. Um, Oscar goes to get a beverage for Felix. And while he's waiting, Eddie comes back and offers Felix a cupcake and says the key to the back gate is in the cupcake. (laughs) Felix does not get that this is the warden's son and thinks it's a real kid who has a real key. And the expression on his face is of great concern. Eddie says there's a breakout at 10.05 when the screws change the guards. Now, I thought screws always meant guards, but I looked it up, and apparently screws can also mean warden, especially in London. Did you know that? No. That's weird. Eddie also says, keep your motor running. If they spot you, use your heater. Felix tells Oscar about this, and Oscar says, if I ever want to sell you a bridge, if I ever want to sell a bridge, let me look you up. I love how this kid is, is like a walking Humphrey Bogart yeah. impersonation. Yeah. He's this little skinny kid with a mop-top hair cut, and he and Oscar keep trading all this Humphrey Bogart old prison movies lingo. It's hilarious. Then the chaplain gets on the stage and welcomes everyone for uh, welcomes everyone or thanks everyone for coming to the dance, especially the young ladies. He then introduces the people who are helping out for the night, Mr. T.J. Carter, Mr. Armand Horowitz, and a very special hello to Mr. Oscar Madison, our chief chaperone for the evening and a very well-known sports writer. The kids want him to make a speech, and Oscar says, I'm not going to make a speech because I'm a big believer in short sentences. A pun. A, a pun, prison, right? Prison humor, and everyone laughs. <laughs> The chaplain then introduces Felix as someone they all know for his photographic work on the premises. Felix is now, of course, Felix decides to rush the stage and to make a speech. Uh, <laughs> of course. We're, we're, we're going to play that, that speech right, right now. Great. Thank you, Padre. It's a great pleasure to be here with you again. It was fun photographing you. I have excellent shots of each and every boy here. <laughs> Anybody could instantly identify you. I trust them. I just want them to know that. Let's go there. Come on. Edna? Where's Edna? Edna, do you hear my voice? Scream! Hey, you look here. Oh, Felix. Hit it, Charlie. What kind of picture? So that's just, you know, you can't, you have to hear (laughs) Tony Randall get that overprotective, which is um, very funny. So next scene, we see Mike and Edna dancing. 
and we see Felix dancing with a very heavy set female prison guard, which happens again later in the episode where he falls in love with the princess and her companion is awful, also oh. a heavy set lady. He like, she becomes interested in him and dances with, it seems like Felix spending time with heavy set women in different, in different episodes is a bit of a thing. Um, and Oscar is talking to some of the boys and says, the greatest fight I've ever seen was between two hack Czech girls at the Copacabana. And the boys laugh at that. Then we see, this is a weird scene. Presumably because they're asking him about his sports writing days yes. and all that. Yeah, so quick then joke. we see the female guard that Felix was dancing with introducing Felix to some sort of like matronly older An woman. old lady. Right, who yeah. looks maybe like a nun or maybe... You know... Yeah, I wondered what are we missing something? What's going on there? But actually, as you'll probably get to, this is all just a subterfuge, all just to distract Felix away from what's coming. Right. I don't think there are any cut dialogue or cut. No, scenes. no, These it's just—it's just, like a completely it's meaningless just, characters. Yeah. Yes, right. Felix it's also starts- a lot of local color. It's kind of—I love how all the characters in this scene. You know, it's like a very diverse crowd, and it's—and it, 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 uh, it's just uh, interesting. Felix starts looking around and notices that he does not see Edna. So he stands up on a bench and goes to grab a bar in the window. This room really actually has like windows with bars in it. And he <laughs> grabs a bar in the window as leverage so he can like stand on the bench and, and look over the room. Uh, but the bar comes out. Uh, it appears to have been sawed <laughs> off. And Felix is very concerned about this, which leads us to our final clip. <laughs> This bar just came out of the window there. What should I do? Put it back. <laughs> Chaplain, I'm sorry to interrupt your benediction. What this benediction? bar? <laughs> I'm counting heads. This bar just came out of the window. <laughs> well, put it back. Seven, <laughs> Why are you counting? Because I either counted wrong or I'm missing a few. Who's missing? Mike Callahan for a while. Mike Callahan? Uh huh. He's with Edna. Uh, I, I don't see them. You ran off with my little girl. <laughs> this is your responsibility. I have your marker. Well, take it. Ha! I saw them here. Where? Where? Okay, Where? right over there. This is a bust out. Nobody move! Nobody move! I'm placing this entire room under citizen's arrest. Mr. Unger, control yourself. You! Search the laundry truck. You! Cupcake! Spit your guts! And you pray. Okay, I got an announcement to make, you, you know. Let him make the announcement, what, please. Ransom? No, cut it out. By unanimous vote, we the residents of Eastside School for Boys have selected the queen of our annual dance. That's the dame we most like to break out with. Edna Unger. thanks to my father for letting me come. No, nobody deserves special thanks for the kind of compassion we all Get it, Charlie! We're never to make this world the kind of place we all want it to be. And now, Your Majesty, the grand dance of the evening. You may select the partner of your choice. I promise. Thank you, Your Highness. Your turn. 
got cut in. Later. Felix. She's not a little girl anymore. She's a woman. Why not? She takes after her parents. Her father's an old lady. So that's a sweet scene. It has, the, the, I think, the scene I most remember from the show where both Oscar and the chaplain tell him to put it back. <laughs> put it back. I think it's very funny. Also, up, leading up to that is he sees the chaplain counting heads with his finger and he says he thinks he says excuse me for interrupting your benediction and so the chap johnny silvers the chaplain is like such a a down-to-earth guy that what benediction i'm counting heads yeah uh yeah that's a good scene uh so the tag that's the that's the final scene of the main show and then we have the tag where edna says she had a wonderful time and she says good night we're back in the living room and i guess she's going to sleep in felix's room there's you know I don't think there's a yeah, third apartment, even though or the third bedroom, even though there was an episode where they say there's three bedrooms, but I don't think so. And Felix starts to cry. Oscar says, if you're going to fall apart every time she does something, you're going to end up in the Manhattan home for the strange. Uh, Felix says he can't that? help it. He remembers his, he, Felix says he can't help it. He remembers uh, his first girlfriend. Her name was Mildred Fleener which gets a big laugh. I guess that's a funny name. Is that the same uh, girl that you I'll get to it, yeah. But, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, he says his father let him take the car. He went to the florist to get a corsage in the box with cellophane on top. He goes to her house. Her mother let him in, said he looked clean. Mildred pinned on the corsage and they went to the dance. He took her home and he didn't try to kiss her. He was a perfect gentleman. He's never forgotten it. And Oscar says, I bet she did. And that's what <laughs> So yes, so Mildred Fleener, we actually meet in season five, episode 20, which is the uh, episode where they feel old and they go out to the dance club. This is where Oscar has the new secretary. Right. And in that Felix, in that episode, which I went to go just look at that scene for, 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 um, for research here, he does describe Mildred, who we see in the episode. You know, she's a grandmother in the episode and that's why he starts right. to feel old. And uh, he describes her as his best girl in high school. He even says to Oscar uh, that he has told Oscar about her. So there's some good consistency oh. there. However, in You Saved My Life, which we just watched. He says yes, this is the one I was thinking of. Yes, right. he says his first girlfriend was Big Bertha. Oh, I So, forgot. I mean, I guess people can reference a couple different people in their lives <laughs> as their first girlfriend. But yeah, but. So they, I think they get like three stars for the, the uh, Mildred Fleener consistency, but I'm going to knock off one as a demerit for the <laughs> Big Bertha. So that's, that's the end of the episode. So I, I like this episode enough. It's not a favorite, but I definitely enjoy it whenever it's on. And, and I give it, I think I give it three and a half Murrays because Johnny Silver's really good in it. He, he definitely brings it up. And the kids are good. Like Everyone's good in it. It's got a large, for this show, a relatively large guest cast who all have a fair amount to do between Edna and Mike and Eddie and the chaplain. Like, that's a lot. And I, I think they do a good job with it. And the relationship between Oscar and Mike is particularly good. So it's just there's not enough, like, belly laughs for me to give it above a three and a half. What do you say? Ted, I got a surprise for you. Yes. 
my first five. What? A five? I'm telling you, I think now wait, maybe wait, this was a case of... Didn't you tell me when, when we were talking about what episode we're going to do next? I, last week you said, I don't think I like this episode. <laughs> yes. Well, this is my point that uh, maybe this is not a, a really objective or scientific rating, but purely based on expectations when for some reason I did not have a good memory of this episode. I loved it so much watching it that it just, in comparison to my expectations, it exceeded my expectations so much that I was just delighted with it. And as I told you, I was waiting to give a five to something I really felt in my heart. And uh, this to me was flawless. Um, And also so rich, as you were saying, it has so much going on, so many characters. uh, There are so many twists in the plot. It's like they're two the whole first half of the episode with just Oscar and Mike getting along is like a whole story in itself. And then we bring in Edna and it takes this other turn. Uh, I love the whole culture of the reform school kids, uh, which is, it's all very seventies, very East side Yorktown. If you know what I'm saying, it's like, it feels like it really is in that neighborhood, which is near 1049 park Avenue. And, um, all the character arcs too, like Oscar goes from not wanting to get involved with Mike, then really falling for him. Felix is all about supporting the boys until one of them asks his daughter out. And then Felix has to grow in the end and accept who Edna is. Edna turns out to be smarter than both of them about sex. Um, They have that talk about sex in a way that would not have been possible in a sitcom even five years earlier, I think, which is makes that a great scene too. Um, and of course, Johnny Silver, just adding some real authenticity to the whole thing. Uh, so it just is very rich. It's one of the richest episodes. Uh, and it's emotional. It's sweet. The kids are great. Uh, I could go on and on, but I won't. I, I, I'm satisfied. I'm giving this my first five. All right. Well, that is uh, a wrap for this episode. And as uh, always, if you have feedback, you can email us at uh, 1049pod at gmail.com. And hopefully you can uh, give us a little five-star rating on uh, uh, iTunes and some review. Well, I should say a little five-star rating, a five-star rating and review. So I got to go because I have to go watch the Hawks and the Bucks of the Knicks play. Don't forget the keys and the cupcake, Ted. Goodbye.